in a bag, a real-life comedy podcast designed to lighten you up, make you laugh, and get you off your ass. Now that's Kristen being Kristen. Are you freaking kidding me? Start the show. What's up, everyone? It is Kristen Hutchison, also known as Kristen being Kristen. It is Chicken in the Bag podcast, episode nine. Really excited about today's guest. Uh, she's so much like me. I think we're going to have a really great conversation. She's also a bartender. She's from Chicago. I'm from Boston. We both like to stir it up and see what comes up. So I'm going to bring in Jenna Dudleson right now. So we're going to bring her in and get this show started. What's up, Jenna? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I am so excited to talk to you. It's great to have you here. So um, I think one thing that we both have in common is we both have a gift to the gab, right? I mean, I think that's a, a, a job that you have to do as a bartender, correct? Correct. <laughs> also, now, how old are you, Jenna? Because I think, I, think like, I, I think we're like exactly half each other's age. How old are you? I'm 28. 28. Okay, so pretty close. So I'm 50. Mm -hmm. So I think we're both similar in the fact that we both grew up behind the bar. Mine a little bit differently. I got a job as a bartender in my early 20s. But tell everybody who's listening how you grew up behind the bar because your family has one of the most popular um, old bars in the south side of Chicago, Shinnick's Pub, right? Is that what it's called? Correct. Yeah. So um, most people went to daycare after school. I went to a bar. And I didn't realize that that wasn't normal until I went to college. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, people laugh. But, you know, everyone I grew up with, like, we all grew up together. We all grew up in the same neighborhood. So people just knew it and never questioned it. And then I went to college and people were like, wait, you did what? And I was like, yeah, the bar was down the block from my school. I would go there if I'd, I like my parents didn't give us a house key. So if the door was locked, we'd go down to the bar, hang out with my aunt Celine. I'd sit at the bar next to Uncle Edgar and start my homework as he drank his um, three old style in a pint with pepper because pepper kept the head of a beer. And I ironically learned that at his funeral, he wasn't my uncle. So that I think is really funny because I was like, mom, what do you mean? He's my uncle Edgar. She's like, no, Jenna, you have no relation to him. And I was like, and my whole world blew up. But but yeah, like I grew up there. It's I'm the fourth generation. Um, my mom and her eight siblings own it and run it. Um, it was my great grandparents uh, opened in 1938. Um, so there's a lot of family pride and a lot of Irish pride. I think being from Boston, you can yeah. understand that very much. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, but I just I love it. And I think it's the um, I don't know, like you just never know what's coming into the bar which keeps you on your toes, which really affects so the gift of gab. Yes. <laughs> but it's also just like, you know, people in the bar, like really look out for each other. And I think yeah. I grew up with that. And when I went away, I was like, oh, not everyone has that. That's, that's really sad. Yeah, Jenna, I, I love it because I, I watched a little video about you guys for St. Patty's Day. I watched an interview with a local news channel about your pub. And it just, oh, it just reminds me so much because I think Chicago and Boston have similar things to them. Uh, one of the bars that I worked in my early 20s was an Irish bar. And I think, I don't know who was in the, I don't know who was in the video with you. I don't know if it was your mom and your uncle. Who was in the video with you? So it was my Aunt Celine and my Uncle Terry, two of the owners. Okay, so your Uncle Terry, I was totally related to what he was saying because similar to Boston, you know, Boston and Chicago both have like really cold winters. And St. Patty's Day is like the kickoff. You're like, yes, spring yep. is coming. Baseball season's coming. You know, and it's a fun day to just drink and everybody gets together. And it's almost like a big celebration, not only just for the, the Irish heritage and everybody's Irish for that day, if you're not Irish, but it's just also for those cold climates. It's like that day that we know that it's all coming and like it's the beginning of like spring and summer. So it's so exciting. It is. It is. And I think it's like that was the day where it was like, oh, the tide's turning and like, oh, you know, the, and it's always, I said that week was the perfect, um, 
downtown St. Patrick's Day parade weather. And anyone who's like gone to the parade at some point knows exactly what I mean. But there's like, it's like that 55, you got that wind chill from the lake, right. the sun's out. So when you're in the sun, it's beautiful. But when you're in the shade, you're like, God damn, it's cold. Get back <laughs> in the sun, you know? Um, but I just love it. Like, I think it's, it, it really is the kickoff to like, you know, we're in the shadows of Comiskey Park and baseball season's around and, you know, people in Chicago, just like in Boston, like you work your ass off in the winter so you can like party for the summer. Exactly. I, another thing I loved, um, I love the, the nickname. He was telling a story that it was called um, Little City Hall. So yeah. so what was this? So I think that's really cool because I think what a lot of people don't realize, and I think that's one of the things I thought about over the past year when the bars were shut down, is that really bars are a meeting place. And it's where you actually you make really tight connections with people. And this is so funny about something about working in the restaurant industry. You know, when you're a bartender, you become family, not only with just your the people that you work with, but like you said, Uncle Edgar, the person across the bar for you becomes almost like family. Like you really you really make a connection with people. You get to know each other really well because you're having real conversation. Like your your podcast is called Bar Talk, but Bar Talk is real talk. There's no filter. There's no it's just they people that say whatever they're gonna say. So you have to learn how to kind of deal with different personalities and different different conversations correct you're, you're juggling so many different personalities and you're juggling multiple conversations mm -hmm. um, but yeah like there's a man who like i always joke um i said this to my mom when you know during the pandemic things were tight like you know i'm like mom you've grown up in this so you don't realize how special this place is but like my best friend is an 83 year old retired chicago police officer who comes to the bar and brings me homemade pizza and in return i give him corona right and, and i was my mom's like what i was like i love mo like mo he's the cutest little italian man comes into his irish pubs he loves his pubs he loves our pub and you know during the pandemic like i would check in on it and i'm like mo just like how are you doing like you know, he's like, I made some pizza. Will you come over and pick it up? And I was like, yeah, you know, so I'd like go over and pick up pizza and I drop him off a 12 pack of Corona, you know, I like that. But like, that's just what it is. There's such a sense of family. And like, I always say, like, I have my bar family too. Like, yeah. you know, and it's, um, it, it, your, your heart just grows with it. Like it's yeah. just the most like special thing on the planet. Oh, absolutely. And so it's funny. So, um, I always say that being a bartender, we actually learn like the real life skills. Like I think a lot of people don't realize that, but you know, there's some things that you learn being a bartender that other people don't real like learn. I always say it's like the greatest job that everybody should do at least once in their life because it's going to make you a better communicator. Uh, you're going to be a better conflict result. Like you're going to be better at conflict resolution, and you're going to be a little bit more open minded and and be better at like uh, trying to be uh, more um, open to have a conversation with somebody that you might not normally have a conversation with. Oh my god yeah um i don't even know like where to begin with that because it's i have like 20 different directions i can go right. but, but yeah i mean i think um i have this rule with my customers like when we talk and it's always um i will listen to you mm -hmm. you will listen to me mm -hmm. and that's how we you know conversate debate learn more about life because obviously like what i'm doing is very unique and like you're doing is very unique how many people do it so most of my average you know jane and joe's are you know chicago fire they're in 399 they're in a plumbers union they're in the elevators union they are teachers like they're the everyday people that make up the majority of the world and so those are the conversations i have like 
I, it's not that I don't enjoy the conversations I have with like some incredible people. Cause I've had amazing conversations with like NFL players, MLB players, you know, like Stanley cup winning championship people. But like, those are the conversations that like, they're just raw and there's nothing's filtered and it's so real. Yes. And that's where you learn more about everything. Like I had this guy, his name's Jacob. Okay. Comes in. Um, you were to look at Jacob. Jacob just looks dirty. He looks like the 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 cartoon character in Charlie Brown who's always got dirt around him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he does. Yeah. But I love Jacob. He drinks, you know, a shot of Jim Beam in an old style, and I give it to him every time. I already know what he likes. Right. Um, and the That's one day, I, Jenna, you know, what you brought, you know they, what they want. It's all memory, right? Well, all memory. I know. I know exactly what the person wants and what they want. Yeah. But Jacob and I had a conversation one night. I was having a really just like I was having like a rough week, you know, and we just got to talking and he brought up something. Um, he, I, I, he was like, Jenna, that's called virtue signaling. And I was like, you have no idea how bad I needed to have this conversation. And he looked at me and was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I have been going through, let's just say one hell of a week. Right. And you were put at this bar so I could talk to you tonight. I love that you say that, Jenna, because that is one of my favorite things about being a bartender. And like I said, I think there was something in one of the one of your videos that I watched. You said you don't think you'll ever give it up, and I feel the same way about it. Like, I think even if I became like super successful or I don't know more than enough money to go around, I probably would still want to go find a little bar that I could work at on a Saturday afternoon because there's just such a gift about waiting on people, and I don't think people realize it. I think bartending has been one of the greatest gifts that's been given to me because you never know who you're going to meet. And like you said, you needed to hear that message. I think there's something about being a connector. Like sometimes you're somebody who picks up information and you're someone that someone will sit down in front of you. Like the universe put them there to either give you the message or you to give it to them. And it's such an amazing special thing that I think a lot of people don't realize. And there's just something special about bars and, and, and the conversation that comes out of it. Like, Sometimes it'll just be an intimate conversation with one person, like you just said. And then sometimes it can just turn into like a, a group conversation where you're hashing on a lot of different stuff. And you're kind of like, you're kind of like the orchestrator, like orchestrating all the different positions of everybody going. And so it's, I love it. It's, there's something about it that feeds my soul. I don't know how, if you feel the same. Bars are a beacon of hope. Yeah. That's what it is. I think it's, it's, if I could put it in a very simple way, it's that. Like they are a beacon of hope. Um, and I think, you know, who sits down next to you like you have the choice of talking to them or not and you have the choice of listening or not um and what you learn like you don't know what you're gonna learn and i yeah. think there's such beauty in that but you mm -hmm. have to be willing to just listen right i think that's another thing you said you said that it's one of the only places that you're actively listening not to have something to say back but you really are and i'll tell you like so much knowledge I've learned over the years and just so many amazing people that I've met that like you really make a lifelong connection with some of these people, you know, like there's someone that comes in all the time. And I think to me, that was like one of the things that was so hard about this past year. Yeah. Uh, well, I think um, I want to talk about that for a second because I think both of us have experienced it in a different way. And I think you and I kind of took a similar journey. I think we kind of got in front of a, a camera and started talking to people because we didn't have our customers. You yeah. started, is that when you said a bar talk during, during Corona? Uh, yeah. During COVID? yeah. Yeah. So, so basically what kind of happened was, um, the idea for bar talk was the, the seed was born when I was 21 mm -hmm. an internship and 
uh, they told me to come in on the wrong day and I was there and I was like barely keeping my eyes open because it was so damn boring. Yeah. It was the beginning of the internet and the beginning of people putting everything on the internet and like this being on the internet. And I was, they were like, we're trying not to make it look like ESPN. I was like, well, your studio looks just like ESPN. Like what the fuck? Like, like I just, I didn't understand it. So in my head, I was like, well, how do you make this more conversational? And I literally said, oh, bar talk. And I said, don't tell anyone. That's a great idea. Right. So for seven years, I was like, what does it look like? How do I do it? I was doing all these other different things. And then I was so sick of being that person that just talked the talk. I was right. like, you're a broken record. I'm sick of fucking hearing you. Everyone's sick right. of hearing you. Like, go do it. Like, you have the equipment. You bought the bar. Like, go do it. So in January of 2020, I um, like did the photos. I had guests lined up. And I was doing all the, like, behind-the-scenes work that people right. don't see. Right. And I was like, okay, let's launch it opening day, White Sox opening day. Right. And, um. You know, I had a bad feeling and I'm a lot, I am the most logical human being you'll ever meet in your life. And then beginning of March, my restaurant job, I work at another place. And I said to my manager, what are you going to do for me when I don't get the luxury of working from home? And he just just looked at me and he's like, no, 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 we're going to be fine. And I was like, no, we're not. Mm -hmm. Like I get your like, the you know you're driving the titanic right now but like right. oh boy we've hit the iceberg like right. we're about to go down what are we and, gonna do and so i ironically um got the i was out on sunday for the south side st patrick's day parade mm-hmm. got the notification on my phone that said all bars and restaurants will be closed ironically on st patrick's day yeah same here i wow. grabbed a bottle of scotch and i started drinking it it was a very low point um and that night I woke up and it was like three in the morning and everything, it was like wedding canceled, this canceled, 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 canceled. And that night I Googled, um, cause I was so scared what food keeps. Like I, I, I this was- No, was- I know because we were, nobody knew what the hell to expect. Were we gonna be able to go to stores? I, I totally, I know, it was a crazy year, yeah. It was, and I woke up and I was like, okay, the grocery store opens at six. You're gonna go to the grocery store at six. I made a list. I bought as many canned goods as I could, as many sweet potatoes, because sweet potatoes apparently don't go bad. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And I came home and my roommates were like, you're being crazy. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I love you guys. And then the next day, my the president of our like restaurant company called us and basically he cried on the phone and was like, I, we have to lay everyone off. And I wow. was like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. And I got in my car. I screamed and I cried and I asked God why. And I said, you get one day to be sad. Don't forget what it's like to be sad. You get one fucking day, girl, and that's it. I love it. The next day I woke up and I said, you need a reason to get out of bed every day because you will be that girl yeah. who is Netflix until 6 a.m. And I can't do it. Right. It's not good for your mind. And I, I felt the same way, Jenna. And it's so true because especially, and I, I just want to say this because, you know, what you said, what are you going to do when we can't go to work? And I think that a lot of people that aren't in the service industry, they don't understand. A lot of people's jobs just went remote. Yeah. But we can't go remote. So not only did we lose our, our livelihood or our, our, our the thing that we do, which is people, yeah. but our people lost us too. So it was, it was a double whammy. So I, I can, I can totally relate because I've never had that time off. I'm like, what, what do you mean? We're not going to work for 30 days. And then it turned into 90 days and on and on and on. So, uh, yeah. So you had one day, I love that one day to be, be one day to be sad and then get out of bed and find a reason. I love that. 
get out of bed. And then I said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to bartend. And I said, well, why do you want to bartend? I said, I want to connect with people. And I called my girlfriend, uh, Madison Cuckoo, who lives in Canada. And I said, I have this idea. Will you just go with it? And she said, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm not kidding you. And I said, I want to do this. Um, the thought of doing Instagram live was like terrifying to me. Like, right. Same. Oh my God. I was like, no one's going to watch. Like, what if it's my mom and my roommates upstairs? Like, that's it, you know? And to my surprise, there was like 350, no, like 250 to 300 people. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And then a girlfriend of mine was like, hey, how about I come on tomorrow? And I was like, sure. And it just, it cool. snowballed. I love like, that. And I was like, we're just keep going with it. Like, it, mm -hmm. it's keeping you in a routine. And I did 40 shows in 10 weeks. Wow. So now how many nights, how many days a week did you do it? Were you doing it like one show a week, two shows a week? Well, in the beginning I did, I did 19 shows in a row. Yeah. And, and so there was no, like, I would like, cause I didn't understand. I was like, what's a, what's a, what's boundaries? What's time off? Like just yeah. keep going girl. So I drank 19 days in a row because I was like, no, we got to drink on the show. Obviously. That's so funny. And, um, once I hit the, like the, the 40 mark, I was like, that's a good number. We need to pause. Yeah. Because I was like, I think we need to pivot. Like you're do it. You, you've, you've built something solid, but now we need to pivot and we need to go back to the drawing board to figure out where it is. We want to go from here because it's good girl, but like you got work to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I kind of did this. I did a similar thing. I kind of, yeah. I decided going on like nightly live on IG. You know what I mean? It was my hour night to help people connect and get away from the news cycle because it was just like, it just became like a groundhog day for everybody. I don't drink though. So everybody was tuning in thinking I was going to be like drinking with them. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't drink, but you can. So yeah. let's have a conversation. So I had to kind of train people to kind of just come on for like just conversation and, and just hearing people's stories. So I kind of, I kind of created my show more like a, um, a nightly theme of the bar. So like yeah. one that would be like, you know, wacky Wednesdays would be like, you know, focus on um, entertainment, like comedians or something funny. And, and Tuesday nights would be music. So, so, you know, I kind of just like that, but it was a great thing because it got me connected to people. It filled the void that I needed missing the people. Yeah. It gave me a purpose of like being busy looking for people. So I, I, I think that's really cool. And I love what you do with your show. Your show is great. You're super funny. You're, you're really enjoyable to listen to. You're awesome with people. And you do a lot with, with um, you you know, you're like me, like you both, we both love sports. Being in a bar, I mean, you grew up in it playing, but then you also really love, you have a lot of athletes and stuff like that. So um, can we talk a little bit about like some of your, like your your sports and what kind of, how sports got into it and how you got into sports casting and kind of pivoted a little bit? Yeah. So um, I, uh, I grew up like at a softball field. Mm -hmm. So like my dad played 16 inch softball growing up. Um, he was pretty good. Yeah. And I just was like that little girl who would bother him. Like, I'd be like, dad, can I come? He's like, no, John. I'm like, dad, can I come? So I just kept bothering him until he'd let me come. <laughs> and like, seriously, I'm not kidding. Like, and he finally did. And I would go. And then, you know, I had an older cousin who played baseball. I had older girl cousins who played volleyball. And then I was like, I'm very competitive. And so I start. I played club volleyball from the time <laughs> I was 11 till 18. I wanted to play in college. Um, and then when I went to college, uh, it, I tore my wrist up and it was kind of like, I had a lot of relapses. So I was like, dude, you can't do it. Like you used to, like, I think it's time to hang up your shoes. It's been a great run. And I, um, I got the opportunity to, um, my sophomore year do a piece with E60. And that was the, oh, that's that was the that, like, I yeah. was like, 
oh my God, like he was like a 12 time Emmy winner and it was incredible. And I was like, these are the stories I want to tell. Like yeah. the, the incredible people who are just like ordinary, but do extraordinary things. Right. And so that was kind of how I got into sports. And my dad was like, Jenna, you know, sports better than most of my guy friends. Mm -hmm. So what I used to do, which is like kind of embarrassing, but also kind of hilarious at the same time. Yeah. Um, when I would watch, you know, like an ESPN or a Fox or, or whatever, I would be like, okay, so they have these round table discussions uh -huh. and it's always the women who are, you know, monitoring, which is fine, but no, like I'm going to throw some punches. Like, let's go. go. And so I used to go to the bars with my girlfriends. Right. And if a guy would come up to me, you know, they'd think like, oh, look at her, like little sweet, little, oh, send me like little dude girl. girl. And I would, I would learn how to debate with these guys at the bar. Love it. So I was like, if I can do it to, you know, Jim, who thinks he knows everything, I can do it with anyone. So that was how I practiced how to like actually get my points across, you know? And I'll never forget the first time I did it, a guy came over and I could see his guy friends behind him, like watching. I'm like, oh, oh, you think you're going home with me? Little do you know, my guy, let's go. And my girlfriends were mortified. They were like, Jenna, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm not going home with them. I need to practice. This is right. This. But I mean, that's the great thing about being a bartender because you really can really practice like you're, I, I think that there's something about, um, I always say that I'm, I'm bilingual. I speak both male and female. You know what I mean? Because as a bartender, you have to be able to connect to the people in front of you. So you yeah. might have the women come in and they're just in a good mood and you're like, oh, what's going on? And you talk about, you know, the girl stuff, you know, oh, I love the shirt, love the earrings, da, 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 you know, and then the guys come in, you're in a bar, it's going to be sports, it's going to be baseball and football and all that on. And you learn how to kind of communicate with the boys a little bit too. So I think that that's really cool that you did that. And I do the same thing. Like we'll talk, we'll talk football all day long. And some of the guys go, oh, okay, you know your shit. I'm not going to, you know, because they think that you're just a girl. What would you know? And yeah, you know, so they don't understand sometimes that, you know, you know your shit. They don't understand that you know your shit. And I think the, the one thing I'm learning now is because I'm like, I know my shit. I don't need to prove that I know my shit to anyone, right. but I will have men, more men than women. Men do it more. Cause I think it's like a, a an ego stroking thing that they do. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, did you hear that? You know, uh, Mitch Trubisky got traded. And, and I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you because yeah. you, your lack of knowledge on the subject is so underneath <laughs> my, my vibration. We ain't, I'm not going down. Yeah. I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny because because all these guys, I mean, it's really I always say sports sports talk is like soap operas for men. You know what I mean? It's like it's their like thing that they want to be like so and so did this and so and so is a better player and they want to debate their players the way girls are like, Oh my god, did you play this storyline when here and here? And it and it is like a storyline, you know, when like the when the trading season comes up, you never know who's gonna be on which team and stuff like that, and like who's the better quarterback and who's the better pitcher and mm -hmm. and you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I think that's I think that's so fun. Oh, I'd love to listen to you, Jenna. That would be such a blast. Oh my God. Like literally my one girlfriend was like, Jenna, I, we know you can, you've done it. Like, yeah. it's fine. Like we, you don't need to prove it. I was like, I don't like, so it's it, it, you really got to like not get under my skin. Cause it, it, I don't really let people get under my skin, but it's gotta be a topic that I'm like very passionate about. Right. To, to like want to go on in and talk about. Right. Right. Um, another thing I want to ask you, Jenna, I think that you did something kind of cool during COVID when your bar was closed. Can you talk a little bit about cause can cause candles? And, and how did that get started? I know. Yeah. Oh my God. So I have it burning right in here. Um, this is the slancha. So 
Um, one of my old teammates in Minnesota, her like best friend from her hometown who I've met, Hannah, um, started a candle company in the beginning like, like, was it like May of COVID? Mm-hmm. As I was like setting up my setup, I was like, I always had a candle burning. And I was like, mm-hmm. there's a sponsor. So I called Hannah and I like, I first I ordered them and I was like, oh my God, I love these. I'm obsessed with these. I want to work. I want to team up with her. So I called her and I was like, listen, I want to do this. You will be the official candle of Bar Talk. And she was like, done. And I was like, yes. So as we did the first like six months and then January came back or January started, I was like, hey, like, are you happy with this? Like, I'm happy, but like, it's your product at the end of the day. Like, I need to make sure you're happy with it. And she's like, well, I was thinking we could do do more. And I was like, ooh, me too. So the idea was, um, you know, I wanted to pay like respect to the bar and Mm -hmm. I wanted to honor the bar because the bar was honestly how this whole idea came about. So I said, I want to create like a signature scent for the bar. And so we talked a little bit on the phone and it's like, you know, you're trying to describe the scent of a pub in like a very beautiful smelling way, which my aunt was like, I was like, no, it is like, just go with me. So we, um, we created two. So the one burning is Slancha, which is uh, rosemary, sage, mahogany, tea, wood, and whiskey. Nice. And then the other one is in honor of my grandmother, Celine, uh, rosemary, sage, and white birch. And I just have little stories on the back, like, you know, to the pub, to my grandmother. Um, and we purchased like a hundred candles from her, like like wholesale. And we sold, we only have, I think like five left and it's been less than a month. Oh, that's so awesome. I, so speaking of your grandmother, I remember watching the earlier video when you guys were talking about the pub and how like when St. Patty's Day comes, she would like on election night and St. Patty's Day, she'd like to feed the people. So she would actually put food out in the bar. And I think that's so beautiful because there's so many people in the, in the, pub business or bar business that get into it for money or profits and and turning over and they don't really understand the people and the story but listening to your family talk about the history of that pub and your grandparents and just the traditions they had was absolutely like it just made more my heart that like when I come to Chicago like I want to go there and like sit down and hopefully have you like you know pour me something and eat, I don't know pour Coca-Cola but I still want to go and check it out because I just love the story of it because that's one of the things I love about old cities is the history. You know what I mean? And a lot of it has changed over the years. You know what I mean? Like whether it be New York, you know, Chicago, Boston, a lot of those old neighborhoods and a lot of those old drinking spots have gone. And especially yeah. over the past year, a lot of them couldn't make it and they closed. So to see that your your family made it through and they're still there to carry on those traditions is just awesome. It, it's It's been a trying year. Like yeah. th- that I will not lie. Um, yeah our biggest blessing. And I thank God for it every day is that we own the building. Yeah. That that's the, it's, it's been the biggest blessing. And, you know, I think what's been so beautiful and so unique about the pub. Um, so my mom's one of nine, like I said, and they're the ones who own it. Um, they all get along, like they all talk, which is great. I find that very strange. And I didn't realize that that wasn't normal to not like, I, like there are a lot of people who don't talk to their family members. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. Like I have 21 first cousins and I have 23 se- second cousins and counting and two are pregnant and everyone's just popping out kids right now. And it's beautiful. Yeah. But what they, what my grandparents have done, I think what subconsciously is that like, 
and I never met them. And that's what's so funny. Like I never got to meet either of my grandparents. You didn't? But, no. And, but, and like, but there was always love. Like they just, they showed that my mom and her siblings what it was to, to be loved and to love each other. Mm-hmm. And those nine have passed that down to the next generation. And we all get along. And what's been really funny is when we have like, you know, new boyfriends or girlfriends come around and once they're like fully ingrained where we're like, okay, this one's a keeper. We always ask like, what was it like the first time meeting you? And everyone's like terrifying. And I was like, (laughs) and they're like, because you guys all get along, you guys all like each other. Like it's very strange. So I think again, like kind of tying back to the pub, like because there was so much love, you feel that I, when you walk in, like you feel like this is a home. Yes. I don't think you, I just don't think you find that in a lot of places. Like when you do, I'm like, God, that's like, it really is. It's magic. And I think it's what, it's what, what pubs were, you know, your neighborhood pubs is like, it's where everybody went to meet. It's where people went to connect, you know? And it's like the place that I work at right now, it's called the gaff. And it's, that means home. Like it's a slang term for home in Dublin. So like, it's kind of like come back to the house, you come back to our house for a drink. So we try to make it very like homey and the same thing. And we, you know, we, we did close for a couple of months during the winter. We weren't sure if we were going to reopen and we did. And it's kind of and this past weekend, it was like, was the first reopening. And to just see those faces after like four months of not seeing them, there was just something about the feeling just, you know, having them, they were so excited to see us and we were so excited to see them because you have such a connection to people. And I think there is something beautiful about that because I think we spend so much time not understanding the, the value of personal connection. And I think personal connection is so important. And I just wish more people would spend more time cultivating it instead of taking it for granted. I think that's one thing that I think a lot of people hopefully learned over this over this past trying year that how important the people in your life really are and you should actually cherish them mm-hmm. instead of hopefully fighting with them because you know it's it's great to be around them. So I, I feel that. Yeah, like I think we've learned that um you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And that sounds a little um dark. But yeah. Truth. And and I think you have to tell people that matter that they matter. Yeah. If you like, you know, and it sounds so crazy, but like every time I get off the phone with like one of my relatives, I'm like, oh, I love you. You know, like, and it, it, it's simple, but it's like, I want them to know, like, you yeah. need to know, like, I love you. Like every single time I get off the phone with you, every time I leave you, I'm giving you a big hug Yeah, that I love you. And I think, you know, I, I learned like, I don't, I just need to be with them. Like, they're, right. they're, like that's who matters. Those relationships that you make with the people you know, I don't need the noise. I don't need the, the loudness of life. You know, like those are fun every now yeah. and then, but, but I, but I want, I want those, re- I want those beautiful relationships that you get with people. Yeah. Um, I, so I can only imagine, like, I mean, I know I love just like having the conversation. I, I, I think one of the things that's so fun about being a bartender and I was saying, especially in social media world that we're in right now, um, and, and the way we're always putting everybody into categories and boxes and, and dividing everybody. One of the greatest things I think about that we get as a bartender is that we don't have any knowledge of you when you sit down in front of us. You know, we just meet somebody and we have to make a connection and we're trying to find a commonality with somebody. And one of the things that I think you and I both agree is that we have more in common than we realize. And I think so many people don't realize how much more we have in common. And I think, you know, I think you said you never know what will happen. Like when somebody sits in front of you, when you start a conversation, you never know where a conversation is going to go or what you're going to learn. 
And uh, you know, what do you what do you think about that? Do you, do you I mean, because I know that you and I both feel the same way. What are some of the favorite topics that you do to open? Like, do you have any certain like icebreakers that you do with people when they walk in that you kind of have, or do you just kind of read each person? Um, I read people. I've got very good at reading people. Don't you think you do though, Jenna? Like yeah. when you being a bartender, it's like you know who's bullshit, you know who's true. It's almost like you just can't help yourself, but you're like, I, I know you, I got it. Yeah, my, you really know my yeah. bullshit meter is through the roof. Um, like through the roof. And so the people that are the bullshitters, um, unfortunately, like they just don't get my good energy because I'm like, you're full of shit. Right. Um, but the people that you can there's there's like a um God, and it sounds so strange, but there's a there's like a warmth that people have when they're just genuine. They just they they give that off to you. And I think um, you know, I like a lot of the people I serve at my family's bar, I know, but my other bar I work at uh in downtown Chicago, Pizzeria Portofino, I don't always know everyone who comes in. So those are the conversations I I always love the most because you really don't know. Exactly. I, I had a conversation with a, a young uh, a young guy and a and a young girl, like 25, I think they were, they were flight attendants. And they're like, yeah, we just moved here. We're from LA and we got to talking. <laughs> it was so it was the craziest conversation because we started talking about OnlyFans. And then I was like, well, what what's this girl's degree if she's making money doing OnlyFans and you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the guy's like, can't you tell I'm gay? Like it's pretty obvious I'm gay, right? And I was like, well, yeah, no offense, but like, yeah, you're you're pretty gay. Yeah. And he just thought it was like it, the, the conversations like I didn't expect that conversation to go any way that it went. Right. You're really asking me right now if I think you're gay. Like, okay, like we're going here. Yeah. And like, yeah, we got some boat parties. You want to come? And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> so that's the beauty is like you genuinely like have no idea like where anything is going to go. But I'm always like this. I'm just listening. I'm fascinating. I'm leaning yeah. and I listen and, that, and that's it. And I think that's the beauty of um, – I, you just you just don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's what I, I think. It's almost like you know, every day it's almost like reading a new chapter or or, or, or going to a library and almost picking a different book off the shelf. Cause mm -hmm. like, you just, you know what I mean? Like you just never know what's going to come up. So like, and sometimes I can just have a day that I'm like, all right, I'm going to shake off. If I'm not like really feeling that great, I'll shake it off and I'll come to work. And then someone will sit in front of me and I'll just have like this, ama I'll meet this amazing person mm -hmm. or get like this really cool conversation. Like, oh, that's like, what I needed to do to kind of like wake me back up again. So it's kind of funny how sometimes like the, you or sometimes you meet somebody and you just feel like you've known each other forever and you just make an instant connection with those people. So it's kind of, it's just, it, it, there really is something special about that. And I just, I love, I love the, the, the spontaneity and I just, I just love the authenticity of being in a bar. You know, there's just something about the conversation, like, you know, people will go into a therapist and try to talk about their problems, but they're going to bullshit their therapist. They might not be 100% forthcoming with us. They don't think that we're going to tell anybody anything. So they'll just tell us, you know, they'll just tell you everything. Like people just drop everything and we'll just like blurt out their like their deepest, darkest secrets to you as a bartender. Have you ever got that too? I've gone home. Like when I was still living at home, I would go home and I'd say to my mom, mom, why do people tell me things? Like, yeah. why do I know all this? Like, I don't need to know all this. Yeah. Why, why do I know this? And I, I now have learned that it is a gift and I'm like, oh, you, you trust me enough to, to be right. able to talk to me. So I'm like, okay, if you're trusting me with that, like it, it, it is between our ears and our ears only. And that's right. it. And I think that's something that's really, um, 
I just think it's beautiful. But yeah, I, I think what's also funny about the bullshit meter of, you know, talking about the therapist, because I've said, I'm like, God, I think I need to start up in my hourly here. I've been giving really good advice to people, you know, and, um, people always laugh, but I was like, dude, like you, you're paying more money to therapists. Just come here and sit with me, man. Like, oh my God, but the people around you, you know, yeah. like, I have this one guy, a customer, a husband and wife who I've, I adore and I've known forever. And uh, his name's Kevin, Kevin and Jen. And Kevin will like, he'll kind of do one of these things and you could just, his side eye screams, bullshit. <laughs> like, you just know when someone says anything and I'll walk over, he's like, you know, that guy's totally full of it, right? I was like, no, I know. Like, I know. But it's funny because like the customers read it too. Oh, 100%. So it's so funny. I had a situation like that the other day. I had, um, I was working at another job until why my job was closed and it was a breakfast joint. I've never done breakfast before. So I learned a whole new routine. And yeah. uh, it was like, I went from being going to bed at two in the morning, getting up at five in the morning. It was just a really, but it was a really interesting six months because I learned so much. And you know, you same thing, a lot of regulars, just a little bit of a, a different thing. And I had these customers in the other day and it was a really unique, you know, crew of people like the family was really funny and the guys were like you know really like hey and like the son had the chain and they all had like the and i was just like i had like these ideas in my head and i was like okay what is this all about like like it was almost like a saturday night live skit in front of me and i was like and i was just kind of like in my own head i was just thinking of all this stuff and i looked right at one of my regulars and him and i just caught eyes and we were like basically having a conversation with each other and i was like oh my god you totally get what i'm thinking and he was thinking the same thing so i i can totally relate what you mean because sometimes you just you just connect with certain people and you're like yep i get what you're saying and they're like yep i get what you're saying and this is funny taking up those moments oh they're the best moments <laughs> yeah absolutely jenna one of the things you talked about i i forget the the um what it was but you were talking about bees to honey i think i think um you know i think you're you're a pretty positive person like me and i think that we try to make people's lives better and i think that one of the reasons that we probably love what we do is that we have the opportunity to internet interact and connect with people on a day-to-day -day basis. What was that? What were you talking about when you were talking about bees to honey? I think you were talking about like what you can, is it like you, what you can bring to the, the world? Like, do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's tattooed on me. So it's right. Uh, it's right here. Okay. Wait, there we go. Yeah. Um, so one of my mentors, um, uh, I met her a few years back had this beautiful saying and she's like, it's just bees to honey, baby. And I was like, what? And she was like, you know, if you ever just watch a honey pot, Honey is just honey. Like honey is its natural, sweet, authentic self. And when honey just focuses on being honey, bees come buzzing. Mm -hmm. So I got it tattooed on me because I was so worried about controlling the things I couldn't control in life. And I said to myself, Jenna, the only thing you can control is your sweet, authentic self. And when you focus on your sweet, authentic self, bees come buzzing. I love that, Jen. I think that's so powerful because I think that was one of the same things that I kind of came up with like this past year was just a year that kind of like tested me, you know, and it was like, and it was really challenging because when you do care about people, you care about people, but you also, you know, I think if you're authentic and you're real, you have to be authentic and real to yourself. And sometimes you might have a difference of opinion on a certain thing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of hard to go against the grain when everybody's saying one thing and you're kind of feeling it in your gut, you're feeling a little bit differently. And I was really struggling. Like I was really like getting emotional and I was really feeling like burnt out a little bit or a little bit stressed out. And I kind of came to a, a similar realization myself. Of, and that's why I love the beast of honey. I think that's such a beautiful way to say it. And I think that I kind of had to get to that same point. I had to kind of realize I can't control 
all the ugly. I can only control how I'm going to react to what's going on. And I'm going to kind of continue to be my happy, positive self and bring light. And then the people that want to come to the light can come hang out with me. And the people that don't, then, they're, then they can stay wherever they got to stay. But I don't want to be angry and I don't want to be divided. And like, so for me, I'm kind of like, I'm just going to come here. And yeah. I think we all kind of have this right here. So if I can kind of, and that's what this show I kind of want to do with the conversations on here weekly. Like maybe we can talk about that. that there's a difference here or there's a difference here, but we can still have a really fun conversation. I think, and I think that's what we learn as bartenders that we have different, different thoughts, feelings, and comments about things. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think, um, once you, once you listen to just listen, you know, um, and and I, and I, and I I say this because it'll make sense, but like you know, the last four years politically have been a shit show for yeah. lack of better words. And I think we've seen so much divide amongst people. Correct. And I remember that first day when Trump got elected, I came in and sat down at the bar, and I had some customers who I like adore and love, and they were like, "Yeah, I voted for him." And I was like, "Okay, tell me why." Like, I'm not here to judge. I just want like help me understand how you yeah. got to this. And I think that's the thing that we've lost as a whole is Completely. like, you know, I didn't just wake up one day and was like, this is how I view life. And this is how I feel like I've had great things happen to me. Yeah. I've had fucking awful things happen to me that have led me to believe exactly the way that I believe everything. Mm -hmm. So you can't judge someone based off of who they vote for, or, you know, like, and or all of that stuff. And I think people and that you want to talk about, you know, listening to your gut and people not being happy with you. Like I said something like that and people were like, you're the devil. And I was like, all right. I'm like, if, you, if that's what you think, like, go ahead. But like, why can't we just listen? Why right. can't you like, like fully just, you know, take your shoes off, go in theirs, you know, like go in there. Yes. Understand how a person came to this, you know, conclusion. This, and I think what's been the most beautiful part of this tying back to the bar is you talk to some of your patrons who come in, you know, your blue collar everyday Joe and Jane Schmoes, like they got bills to pay. They got yeah. to feed. They're trying to put their kids through school. They're trying to save, you know, so they can live a comfortable life in retirement. Like yeah. they're doing at the end of the day, what I think they believe is the best for them. And for some reason, it, it it people think that it makes them awful people. And I'm like, just because someone doesn't line up with your views doesn't mean they're awful. I think that's what I think is such an ugly thing that we really got to. Yeah. We really stopped, like we really stopped like kind of like I, I love what you said because we just want to put everybody in a box just because of how they went on something. But like as like so I have a lot of people that come in and I love them. Yeah. And like and if you voted for that person, okay, but I still love you because I know who you are in your heart. And mm -hmm. then I might have this person and I might, you know, and they might have voted this way, but I still like them because I like their heart. And I'm like, I still want to be able to sit down and like, yeah. you know, shoot the shit with them when they come in. But it's like, you shouldn't be afraid to say which way you went because the person might never speak to you again. I'm like, cause now you just lost a really special person in your life. So I think that's true. If you can say, Hey, tell me why, where, how did you get to that conclusion? And then maybe you can be like, Oh, let me go check it out for what, how I try to do things. Mm -hmm. I always try to say, Hey, I can understand that everybody might maybe get some ways on their own way. Mm -hmm. And I try to go, okay, let me go back and look it up. And then I'll kind of try to do my own research and I'll kind of try to read on a lot of different topics from a lot of different points of view. And then kind of see where I, where I lean in my gut. I just try not to just stick to one thing or one thing because everybody says you're a girl. So go here. And I'm like, well, wait, I don't know. Cause I might not like that. Yeah. You know? and so, so I think that's, what's really fascinating. And I think, 
you know, we don't have that luxury with what we do for a living. We can't really be like, oh, well, I'm not going to go over there. I'm not going to talk to that person. You can go wait on that person. I'm not waiting on that person. I, I wouldn't be able to make a living if I'm going to sit there and like not talk to people because of like what they think or feel. Yep. So I just want to like just go to work and just talk to everybody. Go to work, talk, try to understand. And I think it's it, it, it sounds simple, but it really is that simple. Like just lead with a little bit of compassion. Yeah. Like, it, 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 and I just, you know, like even this last year, I, I came to this, um, this new, I learned this new lesson, we'll say. And I'm like, okay. you know, now I'm trying to apply the lesson. And the okay. lesson is um, leading with love. Yes. And, I, and I think this last year we've learned that people, um, we did every, a lot of people did things out of fear. Yeah. And, and, I've, and I've seen it with family members. Like there are still certain family members that I haven't seen. And, and I'm like, you know what? They are so fear driven right now. I'm not going to judge them because right. they're doing something very uncharacteristic of who they are as a human being. So what I have been, and I'm very early in the stages of doing this, but, and you know, it's hard, but I'm like, dude, you got to lead with love, man. And, yes. and that's, and that's really hard. And that means not being on defense anymore. It means being yeah. on offense and, and just opening up. Jenna, I love that you say that though, because I think that's what so many people are doing. Like they're playing in a reactionary mode instead of a proactive mode. Right. And I really feel like we're not really getting anywhere by being so reactionary to every single thing. Cause you're playing, cause when you're reaction, you're in reactionary mode, you're not in your control of your emotions. If you're not in your control of emotions, you're going to express anger instead of love and, and empathy and kindness, like you said. Right. And I think that's what one of the things I had to decide when I was like, you know what, being, you know, it's hard for me because I've been, in the restaurants since June. So I've been waiting on people for the whole time. And yeah. going back to the whole fear thing, a lot of people are fearful. So you have to understand, you have to try to be, like you said, empathetic to where they're coming from. Right now, you, but they also have to be empathetic where I'm coming from. And I think that's where we're missing it. We're not being empathetic to both sides of people's feelings or thoughts on, on certain topics. So for me, I've been working for me because that's how I feel alive. You know what I mean? So I have been in restaurants this whole time. And, and so I kind of feel like, it's what works for me. Fear does not work for my personality personally, because fear almost is against everything that I, I've taught myself. I've always taught myself to face my fears and, and go through my fears and I grow through my fears. So for me, it doesn't work for me, but I can understand how other people feel it. So I'm just saying be a little bit, understand that I'm doing what feels right for me and, I, and I'm being empathetic that you're doing what feels right for you. Yeah, it's, it's hard, man. And I think- it's hard. Cause I think, you know, it's, it's as simple as, um, breaking an old pattern, breaking a bad habit. Yeah. So like right now there are times where like my programming is like mm -hmm. defense. And I'm like, girl, mm -hmm. stop, pause. You are on offense. Lead with love. You are on offense. And like, that's my sports mind, you know, I'm like offense over defense, you know? So, but it's, 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 uh, I, I'm still trying to figure it out and I'm not perfect and I'm, but I'm going to keep trying to do it. And I think that's where you find, um, I just think that's where beauty lies. I totally agree with you. And I think that's what we have to just kind of remind ourselves. It's like, we have to remind ourselves we're all individuals with different experiences, like the shoe on the other foot. Like you say, I always say like, we all have a different experience and a different journey with every single thing in life. So yeah. we're going to all have a different story to tell and that's okay. But you might actually be like, well, uh, oh, I'd love to hear your story. And if we could listen a little bit more, like you said, yeah. actively listen, instead of just trying to prove our point, I think maybe we can learn a little bit more and be like, oh, wow. Oh, I understand why you feel that way. And I just think that that, I think it would just serve us so much better. I had a very similar conversation with a friend earlier today and he was saying that he's making, 
he's trying not to be judgmental because we don't really have the right to be judgmental. It's, a, it's, a, it's unfortunately we're trained that way and we're trying to retrain that mindset, which is not easy. Like you said, like, you know, leading with love yeah. or trying not to be so judgmental or trying not to just go into reactionary mode, like you said. But I think if we all made a little bit of a better effort at it and at least try to have a dialogue or a conversation, maybe you'd be like, oh, you know what? I don't agree with you on that, but you know what? I still really like you and I let's go out a cup of coffee. And that's when I'm, I'm just hoping to get people back more like, let's just kind of like, you know, stop making it, you know, so I kind of, uh, a similar approach that I started using is I'm trying to use a Venn diagram approach to life. Cause I'm kind of like, all right, I know we all have a lot more in common than we realize. Yeah. So when I look, I'm trying to go through the list of what we have in common right here. Now yeah. you might feel differently about me in this, or we might disagree on this, but we might feel the same here. And that's what I'm trying to lead with, because at least I can build off of what we already, like you said, have more in common than we have in difference. We do. And I think it's it really is. is it's so simple, but it's like, dude, just listen. Just yeah. listen. Yeah, I think that's such a, I think that's such a powerful point. I, I absolutely love that, Jenna. And I think that, uh, you know, we actually we actually are in a position that we have the opportunity to try it a little bit more yeah. because we have to be patient or we have to be a listener. and We have to take. We have to take the brunt of whether they're in a good mood or a bad mood or someone, you know what I mean? Because like we will live, I feel like bartenders kind of live in the real world a little bit. Like I feel like, you know, people don't always use their filter when they're talking to us. So we have to kind of learn how to uh, take some of the tough conversations or some of the, we take the brunt of people's bad days sometimes. So I think we have a little bit, maybe we we get to exercise that skill set a little bit better than some people or we have more practice with it, I think we should say. Yeah. And, and there are times where like there's there have been certain customers that I'm always like, whoa, yeah, whoa, I can tell something's wrong. I am not your punching bag. Is that how you handle it? Because that's yeah, because yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, listen, I'm always here to talk. But until you can get a few minutes to like collect your thoughts, I do not take it out on me. Yeah, I am not a punching bag. And that comes into like, you know, creating boundaries for yourself. Cause it's like, I could easily have let that guy, gal, whatever, just like walk all over me. But it's like, no, nah, my guy, <laughs> that's not, that's not what I am. I want to listen to you. If yeah. I can help, if, if I, we can talk and help, absolutely. But do not come and use me as a punching bag because your boss or your husband or your sister or brother or mom did something to you. So you need to go to a bar and take it out of the bartender. Yeah. I think that's such a great point because. A lot of times people think you they do, they can. And when you don't let them, they're kind of like, oh, but I think that's great because I think that's a great skill set to have in life because then when you learn it behind the bar and you practice it, you can really take that into so many different aspects of your life. So I think that it helps you set boundaries in your personal life too. And I think that's what a lot of people, I think we've lost boundaries. That's another thing. I think people think they can just walk in, I, especially like social media, like people just think that they can just type whatever they want. There's a human being on the other side of that comment. You know, like a bartender is not just a punching bag, like you said, like that's a human being. So yeah. we have to be a little bit more conscious of just saying, oh, whatever the hell I want to say, because fuck it, that person can take it. You know, um, I feel this way today. And and I know your buddy Gary V said this, but I really feel this. I, I've had, I had someone say something to me um, that, that it stung, I won't lie. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, you're in so much pain. I just see your pain. That's all I see. Mm -hmm. I look at the comment and I'm like, I, I just want to ask, like, are you okay? Because I can see that it is just pain. And you are just like, people will show you your cards. You just got to be willing to see it. Yeah. When someone says something to you, they're actually telling you exactly how they feel about themselves. Yeah. 
I think that's so true, Jenna. And you probably see it, I think, being a people person, we probably see it, but I totally agree with you. I've had people that have kind of responded in a certain way sometimes. And like, especially if like, if you're on a show nightly and there's difficult things going on in the world and people are, you know, they're feeling emotional, they might emotionally react to a certain thing. And all I would do is I would kind of write the person's screening down and then I would DM them and be like, hey, I saw that you had a problem. Like, can I ask you, like, are you okay? Like, you know, can I explain anything to you? And it was so funny how like, when you do lead that way, how much more, I got out of the conversation and like when people feel respected it, it almost gives people like a healing or or a solution to the situation yeah. and, it, and then you kind of actually connected instead of being so i i tried to do that and I, I it's worked really well for me every time i've done it to somebody i've got nothing but good results having that dialogue with the person and i think yeah. just like you said it's listening and being heard i think people just want to be heard yeah. sometimes it really it's it really is and you just um you just don't know what people are going through. And I think, you know, if that, if there's one thing that I think this year has taught us, it's we've all, we've all handled it differently. It's all affected us differently on a mental level. You know, some of us have lost family members, friends. Um, you know, I think, you know, there have been people whose mental health has been pushed to the limit. Yeah. Um, and I think when you, you know, like look, look inside, like, you know, there have been times where I've definitely been like, whoa, like I need a day or like I need a week off or I just, I'm so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. When you, when you lead with that compassion with other people and you're like, you don't know what they're going through, ma'am. Like right. you just don't know. And, and you yeah. just have to be, you just, just, just lead with love. And, and it's like, I, I, I feel like I keep repeating the same thing and, and I, and I don't even care because it's like, it really is that simple. And I think if like, if we could all just do it, you know, like, or like that becomes the new norm and that's the popular thing to do and yeah. not to just like publicly go at people and bash people on the internet. Like, yeah. like what's the point? Like, I always say like when people are bashing you on the internet, I'm always like, I don't understand the point of like, what did you think you just accomplished today? You're basically fighting with a stranger over something that is, like neither of you really even know the whole story or the you know what I mean? like are you solving anything like i'm all about solutions so for me i'm kind of like well what's the point like are you gonna go write a five paragraph essay about this like i gotta you know cite your sources like yeah. just, i mean just just scroll through and keep moving and go about your day and be happy i think that if more people could focus on their own their own like i, I think they could look look at themselves a little bit clearer and if you if this shit's all perfect, then great. But if this isn't perfect, then I, I'm not gonna throw my shit on other people if I'm not perfect. And I think none of us are perfect, so I think we could all just ease up with the uh, the the opinions or 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 the, or slinging slinging some uh, some hate. I I just I think there's enough naysayers and a lot enough haters. I think we could have a couple more cheerleaders and like um, you know thumbs up. That's my look. I'm with thumbs up. I'm, I'm all about a thumbs up. I literally yeah. gave my sister a thumbs up yesterday when we were like mid conversation. And she was like, did you really just do that? And I was like, she's like, you just gave me like an, like a, an iPhone message response to my comment. And I was like, what do you want me to say? We're watching a movie. Yes, I agree with you. Thumbs up. What is the enthusiasm you want to put out of my mouth? Oh my God. That's so funny, Jenna. Jenna, um, I think you're just, I think you're right. I, I love um, the episodes that I have caught of bar talk is great. You do a lot of really, um, a lot of really great conversation with just people for everyday things, but also a lot of, a lot of sports. Um, uh, what, like, what do you like, what are your goals? Do you have some more things that are going to kind of come up um, with this? Yeah. So um, 
I definitely, um, it's funny after we're done with this, I have a bunch of people I'm about to email. Um, so a lot of, um, female athletes, um, who I want to get on. Um, I think it's, you know, you know, it's working on timing and like scheduling. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is one athlete that I I'm going to, I said it again and I'll, and I'll keep saying it again until it happens. Um, obviously I'm a big, uh, baseball fan and I, uh, just adore Tim Anderson who plays okay. for the White Sox shortstop. Um, I think he is changing baseball and making it more fun. And I think baseball needs to be more fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, and what he's doing for the South side of Chicago, like is, um, he's doing it not for the publicity he's doing it because it's the right thing to do and that's why he deserves to be highlighted um, i'm just such a i've been a fan of him since he's been with us like years ago you know so um i'm excited to potentially have him on um i gotta try to fall down my rabbit hole of getting some people that i know who know him which i think i do um but yeah, like I, I love the sports conversations um, and, you know, those are the things that I'm very comfortable having, mm -hmm. but I definitely want to keep pushing myself outside of my comfort zone with conversations with different types of people that I didn't think I would have, yeah. um, rather they're, you know, restauranters, musicians, actors, actresses. Like, I think that's the beauty of bar talk is everyone is welcome at the bar. You yes, know? they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of what I want. But I, I love those sports conversations. I'm a sports nerd. Yeah. Um, so hopefully some really good ones coming up. Um, and and honestly, I just yeah. keep I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we're, well, let's just see what, let's see where the journey takes us. I love it. You're doing great. Uh, one of the question for you, do you have a recommendation? I mean, I know you made your jump and you've kept yourself driven and I, I feel like, you know, that's what it is. Do you have a, a, like a little tidbit for people that are like dragging their feet or are afraid to get started or try something like, do, is there a thing that you did for yourself that kind of pushed you to do it? Or do you say something to yourself when you doubt yourself, like to take that chance? Hmm. Um, I, if it scares you, do it. Yeah. I love that, Jenna. I think that's a great point. If you run like head first run towards it, like fucking break down the wall, like with your antlers on, just like go towards it because what, like I just did, um, I got to be the in-game announcer for the professional women's hockey game at so cool. Chicago. I got the phone call and was like, what like and i lit my words verbatim were this scares the living hell out of me so i will do it i love it and it's scared like i but you want to talk about butterflies everything i was like i'm a vomit what if i'm sick what if i get rushed to the hot like i had all these terrible scenarios in my head of yeah. how this wouldn't happen and then i sat down i had the mic i did the announcements and i was like oh my god that was incredible and i would have never it, like Old Jenna would have been like, I can't do it. It scares me. Yeah, that's not for me. Yeah. New Jenna's like, no, girl, run towards it. I love that, Jenna. I think that's such a great, I think it's such a great message to people because I think so many people, uh, we're our own worst critics and we oh. stop ourselves from doing so much. We put more boundaries in front of us than anybody else does. And, uh, you know, and I, I love the fact that you're just a take charge girl and, and I just love your story and I just love everything you're doing. And I think it's, I think it's just so important to just, you know, lead with love. I love the, I love the bee. What is it? What is it? Bees, bees the honey, baby. Bees, bees the honey, honey, baby. That is something to end this show with like bees to honey. Just be good. Just be authentic and just keep letting people come to you because, uh, and just keep spreading all that good, that good sweetness because we need more of it, man. Everything's dark enough. So keep bringing the light because that's what we like to do. Well, Jenna, I really thank you for taking an hour out of your time and chatting with us today. 
Thank and, you uh, everybody for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And her name's been uh, on the ticker on the bottom. So it is a bar talk with Jenna. If you want to check out her podcast, you can find it on our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And uh, I will be back uh, next week with another amazing conversation. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. This episode of Chicken in a Bag is over. She's got to get back to being a mom, wife, bartender, therapist, comedian, you know, real life stuff. But you can catch more episodes of Kristen being Kristen on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Catch you next time.